morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. I'm grateful today for your presence. I'm also grateful that God has touched you with the finger of love, awakened you to see a new day, a day you've never seen before and shall never see again. In addition to him waking you up to see this day, he also has tailored made mercies for you for this day and for that i'm grateful I'm, i appreciate you all being on this call i do want to challenge you all to grow what god is doing here and so i want to ask you to share this information with others that they might be able to join us because one of the things we do know is that jesus promises to give progress to us planting the seed of his word. There are two parables I want to bring to your attention um, in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and verse 32. Jesus there gives us two parables. The first one is about the mustard seed, and the second is about the leaven, two parables that Jesus used to tell us what his kingdom is like. And I want to share these with you on today that you might see the promises that he gives unto us as it relates to the kingdom because they are synonymous with our own lives. In Matthew chapter 13, if you look at verses 31 through 32, it says he put another parable before them. Jesus had been dealing with parables all throughout Matthew 13, the parable of the um, sower. You will see the parable of the weeds, um, the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven. So when we get there, this is what it says in verse 31. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sold in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds. But when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. When you look, that's what you will find there in verses 31 of the book of Matthew. Okay, when it's grown, it's larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branch. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leaven. Now, I want you to know, he gives these parables. Here is what the rule of Christ looks like in the world. It's like a tiny seed. So when we look at the seed of Christ that he plants in the world, it's like a tiny seed. Jesus says it's the smallest of seeds. Verses 31 and 32, smallest of seeds, Christ's kingdom has a small beginning, 
but it will lead to a great and glorious outcome. Christ's kingdom had a small beginning, but it will lead to a great and glorious outcome. I want you to give some thought to this. If you think about the beginning of the gospel and how it got started in the world, our Savior was um, poor. Jesus was poor. He was born in a stable. Um, there was no room in the inn for him. Um, born in a stable. He was put to death beside two criminals on a cross. After that, about 120 fearful followers remain and they met for prayer in an upper room his first preachers were a few fishermen and publicans who for the most part were unskilled and uneducated men they preached the truth that they knew what was the preached about the cross the cross preaching was bound to raise antagonism, especially since it was a stumbling block to the Jews and it was foolishness to the Gentiles. The first movements of, of the faith brought persecution. It brought it on the leaders and then it brought it on the followers. Despite its humble beginnings, however, the gospel spread through the Roman Empire and then to Europe, India, Africa, Asia, and around the world. So the question is, what is Jesus doing in, in, in the world? The, the answer to that is he's drawing people to himself. So the Bible gives us a glimpse of what Christ's kingdom will look like in the future. It's a great multitude. Um that comes as a result of a tiny seed that was planted of the gospel. Even in Revelation 7, 9, and 10, even after the great tribulation, um, or during the great tribulation, even after persons have been raptured and Jesus has already come, the Bible says this in Revelation 7, verse 9 and 10, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The question is, how is this going to happen? I want you all to know, never be discouraged that a work that um, is small will not survive or last. Never be discouraged that a work is small because if Jesus is at its center, life will be given to it. The kingdom of God is like a tiny mustard seed. It might be small now, but it is a part of something glorious that will last forever. And so he gives us this parable. He gives us this particular parable about the mustard seed, giving us indication 
that regardless of how small it might be, if God is at the center, if Christ is at the center of it, it will spread like wildfire. But then he goes on, he tells this other one about, um, about the leaven. He, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leaven. So here's what the kingdom of heaven looks like in the life of an individual believer. If you've made your own bread, you know all about this because leaven, like yeast, produces fermentation in the dough, causing it to rise when it is baked. Every time bread was made, a piece of leavened dough was put into storage. So when the next batch of dough was made, the leavened dough was mixed into it, causing the new dough to rise um, as it was being baked. It was John MacArthur. John MacArthur says this, you all. He says when a Jewish girl was married, um, with Mary, her mother would give her a small piece of leavened dough from a batch baked just before the wedding. From that gift of leaven, the bride would make bread for her own household throughout her married life. Why? Because it's a living organism. It keeps right on living and spreading. Jesus is saying that a small amount of leaven mixed into a batch of dough will permeate the whole lump and change its entire nature. If you bake it without leaven, it's hard, crispy, and flat. Bake it with leaven, and it rises light and fluffy and delicious to eat. I want y'all to think about this, y'all, in relationship to our experience as a Christian, as a believer. When God's grace comes into our hearts, it's like a little leaven being mixed into the dough of our lives. God began a work of grace in our hearts, and gradually what he began in us permeates the whole of our lives. Every area of our lives begins to become impacted and affected by what God has done in our hearts. A little leaven. He began, y'all, to permeate our lives. So God's grace begins to influence our conscience and our affections and our mind. It changes our nature from the inside out. And here's what, here's what the rule is, you all. The rule of Christ looks like in the life of a believer. It goes everywhere. No part of the dough is unaffected. So the principle that we see of Christ in the life of a believer may have a small beginning, but it will end in a complete transformation, he who will begun a good work in you will bring it to the completion at the day of Jesus Christ. First John chapter 3, verse 2, he says, When he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. First John 3, verse 2. When he appears... We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. When you become a believer, you begin to see how far you are from what God is calling you to be.
there's a new longing for holiness in your life. Sometimes all you can see is how far short you are from what God's calling you to be. Satan keeps telling us, look at what you were. But Jesus says to you, look at what you will be. And none of us are at the place where God has for us to be. Right now, you are, we are a mass contradiction. We love Christ, yet at the same time, we feel the pull of the world, and sometimes we behave in ways that grieves God. We trust Christ, yet at the same time, we're subject to all kinds of doubts and fears. We have resurrected lives, but yet at the same time, our bodies are subject to weakness, decay, and death. But I've come this morning to tell you the day is coming when you will love God with all your heart, all your soul, mind, and strength. You will love your neighbors yourself. Temptation, pain, and disappointment will be distant memories. Your gifts will be fully deployed in the service of God, and God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. I need you all to help me today to pray for persons who need our prayers. Our list is extensively long. We want to pray today for Brother Larry Thomas, for Jackie, Sister Jackie Thomas. We're praying for Deacon Sharon Durham, for Brother Gary Davis, who is diagnosed with cancer. We're praying for Harry Mason, father of Deacon Cheryl Thomas. We're praying for Dominique Robinson, who has had a mental episode. We're praying that God will regulate her mind. We're praying today for Sister Norma Farabee, um, cousin Greg Morton, who transitioned last Wednesday. Praying for Irene Morton, Lakeisha Morton, Tanisha Williams, Michelle Butler, and family. We're praying today for Sister Mary Davis. Uh, Deacon Evelyn Mack and Martina Baxter, we're praying. Associate Pastor Talia White, we're continuing to pray. Sister Velda Jones, who is having to go back in for surgery as a result of the breast cancer that reappeared. Sister Gaylene Musgrove, we're praying. We're praying for Lisa today. Um, Sister Gaylene's daughter, we're lifting Lisa in prayer today, praying for Jeff Nixon, Sister Patricia Holmes, cousin and family, his wife of 27 years, his transition, praying for Gladys Isabel and daughters as they travel to Buffalo, New York for the homecoming service of her niece. We're praying today for Mike Eckwood and Patricia Hopkins um, for the surgery that they've had, praying for Sister Carolyn Waddy and family transition of their sister. I pray for um, Siobhan's grandson, Terrence. I pray and for Jaquan and Jaquan's son. I lift these men, these young boys in prayer. Praying for Thomas Jones for healing from shingles. We continue lifting Terry Wallace in prayer and um, in the transition of his sister. 
praying for Valerie Jones, who's been diagnosed with stage 2 lung cancer. Praying for Martha McCray, who's having dental surgery. She's also praying for their family for the transition of her uncle. It's 102 years of age. We're praying for that family. Praying to ask you to pray for Pastor Stephen Tucker today. Pastor Tucker had a stroke. Um, I need you all to lift him in prayer. We're praying for Reverend Harold Brinkley. Sister Vanessa Mary's mom, we're praying. Um, they called and needed yesterday and wanted to amputate a part of her her hand all the way up to her elbow. They're trying to on her right arm, and so we want to pray for that procedure on today. I'm praying for you and for those that are connected to you. For those of you on this call, I lift you in prayer today. I pray for the names I don't have and the names of persons that I ought to be calling, but God, you know them. Father, I thank you today for the privilege to rise. You allowed my feet, our feet, to hit the floor. You allowed our eyes to be awakened, to see a new day. God, we thank you for it. Don't know what I would do without you and your intervention in our lives. Father, we thank you for your word that you shared with us on today. We get a chance to see what your kingdom is like. We also got a chance to see that we ought not despise small beginnings. We had an opportunity to see, God, even just how the kingdom has morphed into what it is today. But the opposition and, and the tribulation that it experienced in the beginning gives indication to us, God, that if we keep going, you will add and give increase to that which your son Jesus Christ is in the center of. So we rise this morning to place you in the center of our lives, in the center of our lives. We place you in the center of our lives. And God, we know that if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, all of these other things will be added unto us. And so we place you in the center of our life. We we rise early this morning, God, to make sure that you are placed front and center. And so, Lord, we need you. Thank you for the parable of the mustard seed. Thank you for the parable of the leaven. God, thank you for helping us to see that if we can just take a little of you and mix it in, God, with our hearts, how you're able to change our dispositions and give unto us new birth, new life. You can uh, help us to be born again. Thank you, God, for for the leaven that has impacted us inwardly and outwardly and those that we're in relationship with. We thank you for your word that keeps speaking to us and keeps showing us, God, just how omnipotent you are to work 
Hallelujah. God, thank you for how you're working in our lives. Now, Lord, I do ask that you go with us and keep us on today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people of God said amen. Hey, listen, you all, I'm a little over time. Thank you for your time today. I've given you some principles about the kingdom of God and what it's like. On your mark, get set. Let's grow. God bless you all. Have a great day on purpose. Know that I love you much.